Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Manchester United nil, Manchester City two, and how many steps closer to retaining the title are they now? And it's Leroy Sane on as a substitute that has rattled it in. This counter-attack against Sterling involved, it was three on three. He laid the ball off to Sonu, who had space on his left-hand side. Defensively, United may be caught out a bit, but Sane breaking into the penalty area, and the shot was sublime. De Gea got a hand onto it, maybe the power was too much. It's the Premier League preview show for week 36 of the season. I'm Tom Rennie, and coming up... Manchester is blue once again with City's win leaving United and Liverpool seeing red. Surely the title is now won. Plus, a derby for Tottenham's new ground. Cardiff on their second shot of Warnock whiskey in the last chance saloon. And does anybody want to finish fourth? Our panel today talks sports football editor David Walker. Daniel Gabidon is here, former West Ham, Crystal Palace and Cardiff defender. And also Paul Parker is here too, former Manchester United and England fullback. If you're listening to this programme on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, or any other good podcast provider. Hi, panel. Everybody okay? You're doing well? Yeah. I'm very good. Good to see you all. Looking very handsome. I'm ready not... for the big Man City title-winning parade well, in the next I'm, week or so? I'm not having this. I'm you don't think? No, really? The title is not won. No of course way. it's won. No way. Come on. Why do, why do you why do you the say next, this? Why are you so confident? Those next two games, uh, they're they're difficult. They might Burn not win away. both. They might not win both. Right, let's get to it. Uh, last night, as we record the program, was Manchester City's big win in the derby over United. Next games for City: Burnley away, Leicester home, Brighton away. They are now top of the table. The game in hand has been won. Uh, Paul Parker, you were calling the game last night for Talksports International Team. Dave says it's not one for you, is it? No, it's not. Why not? Um, for the simple reason is there's still three games to go. That's, that's what it boils down to. They've got three teams to play each, and they've got to go out. And, well, City have got to go out and win every single one, so it's not one. Oh. It's easy to presume that, yeah. that they're going to beat the Burnleys, whoever's left. But strange things have happened. Absolutely. And, and if we sit, we saw even, like these sides would be resilient, and you just might... N- it just might happen. They might get a bit of luck and hold out or might go and nick a goal. And we know that Well, Brighton City can't have a shot. Ball. So Brighton don't shoot in games. Right. <laughs> so we know they're not going to win that don't one. Don't worry about Brighton. We'll worry about Burnley and Leicester, right? But Burnley... Burnley have already got 40 points. Sean Dyche was celebrating at Stamford Bridge on Monday like Mourinho at Anfield Look, a few years ago. He thinks it's done. They've all gone. Or let's all go He's already sent Dwight McNeil to Magaloo for two <laughs> weeks, so why not? We may as well. We may as well wrap that bit up. Can Liverpool win all their games as well? That's the other question you have to ask. They might slip up as well. The thing about with that one, though, Dad, is that every time you look at Liverpool and you... Every time... I just think there's that little bit of strength in them. I think they can get over the line every game. Yeah, and defensively, way, I mean, yeah. they're not going to be caught out as many times as what yeah, City can be. I think if this was La Liga or Serie A, you'd be saying that, look, the league is done. But I think with the Premier League, it probably is the most competitive league about where you know everybody will tend to kind of have a go. So obviously, Brighton, you know, they, they still need to pick up points. Burnley, yes, they're safe, but knowing Sean Dyche and how he is with his players. He's very intense. He'll keep them going to the end of the season. So that's going to be a difficult game as well. And obviously, Leicester on their day are capable of, of beating anyone with a team that well, they are. I tried so. to get me and Dave the next two weeks off, but it seems to want to work. So fine, we'll do another couple <laughs> Look, of shows. Wouldn't wouldn't it just be apt if Brendan Rodgers Leicester were to cost Man City the title and hand it to Liverpool I mean, after, it's, it's, what, <laughs> after what happened a few years ago? 
I mean, it's a lovely story, and that's mm. why Dave's such a good journalist, because he's found that story from somewhere or other. But I am, yeah. unfortunately, a realist, and there's no scenario for me where it happens. Of course. Now, you, you, you're absolutely correct to assume that Man City, if they play to their to the best of their ability, as they have done in recent weeks, they will win the league from this point. It's theirs to win. However, it, it's, it's not completely home and dry. Burnley away is a difficult game. They only drew one all Burnley last year. And there's every chance that they could, you know, Burnley can make it difficult for them again. Let's talk a bit about the football from uh, the Wednesday night game in Old Trafford because I thought it was very interesting that Man City in the first half were being held well by Manchester United. Then sometimes coaches are tactical geniuses. There's no doubt Guardiola is one of, if not the best, currently working in the game. But, Gabs, the reason for me that City won that game is Fernandinho got injured. Gundogan got moved because of that injury into midfield. And from that point, for about 15 minutes, I think he just ran the game. And he took that hard-working United midfield of Fred, who, to be fair, was City's best midfielder. The passes he picked out to some City players last night, fantastic. Uh, sadly, he's a Man United player. But apart from that, you know, Gundogan just picked him and Pereira apart. And they were working very hard, buzzing him around him. And, you know, even when things don't go Guardiola's way, they seem to have gone Guardiola's way. Yeah, um, but I think, you know, the way that, Man City play. I think Gary Neville kind of alluded to it after the game as well. They do just wear you down. You know, first half, United, it was almost like, you know, when you drop your kid off at nursery and maybe you're a little bit late and the kids have already gone out onto the play yard and they're all just flying around everywhere. That's very what it was personal like. story, this. That's, well, very that, personal that, that's story. That's what it was like. It was like watching kids on the schoolyard <laughs> just flying about. And I just thought to myself, there's no way that United can keep that up mm. second half. And yes, they, they did have to show a reaction from the Everton game so I think City are probably well aware the first kind of half an hour were going to be really important and they'd be flying out and pressing them but I thought to myself you know with Ollie coming out after the Everton game saying they're not fit enough as well I just thought they've thrown a lot of energy into that first half and you know second half could be a totally different story you mentioned kind of the tactical change but I just thought United then second half just run out run out of steam to be honest with you and, and Man City's the football then was allowed to kind of take over really I do want to talk about Man United because there's a lot to talk about with Manchester United but to round off on Manchester City Paul of course you were calling the game last night uh, Bernardo Silva fantastic Leroy Sané coming off the bench and scoring an important goal for them were you impressed all told by Man City were there any negatives you could pick out any hope for Burnley this weekend for Leicester coming up well the major hope for Burnley is, is that Man City play um, Vincent um, Company. They play him. There's a chance for him because mm. if you can imagine, they're two big centre forward get, getting onto his shoulder and allowing him to have the ball. Because how many times did we watch him give the ball under no, give the ball away under no pressure, knocking poor balls, poor Zinchenko twice. He nearly got beaten up because of him balls <laughs> put around his throat. Vincent Company is struggling. He's Agility. a weak link now. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't move now. You ask him to do anything quick and he really struggles to move his body. And I've been through that one at the back end of when I was playing. After having so many serious injuries, everything's there in your head. The problem is it's not transferring through your body and you just can't move things as quick as you want to. And he's had some horrendous injuries over the last four or five seasons and it's caught up with him. For me, this is his final season in the Man City shirt playing in the Premier League. I think it has to be. And maybe no company this weekend. You'd bring maybe Laporte and Stones together. Otamendi was on the bench. Well, for, you look at Stones, he hasn't played a lot recently, has he? He's hardly played mm. Stones. No. I don't know what's no. happened now with him. You look at um, Laporte, is one that you, he has to be in there. Otamendi is a liability in certain ways, but going back to where we, what, where we almost started from, Burnley's a test. If Burnley go physical and get that ball to their front two as they go from back to front... It's going to cause a problem. Yeah. Dead balls are going to be a problem. They give away silly little fouls. Players fall down quite easy now. Looking for those kind of fouls, as you kept alluding to all night, that everyone's out now looking for that way. Technical, the secret's out. Yeah, t technical fouls, we call them. So, on the pressure-wise, if Burnley start in the same fashion as what Manchester United tried to start, Burnley have got a better way, a better Sorry, they've got. They will last. They will last. Yeah. Last a lot longer than what Man's, Manchester United did because they've got players who can do that week in, week out. You heard after the game last night when Pep was was speaking to the media, and he said, "Look, you know, everyone thinks we're going to win the title now. We've, we've beaten Manchester United, but no." because next we've got Burnley. He mm. knows it's going to be tough. He didn't celebrate wildly, did he? I was expecting there to be a 
running towards the fans, hugging people. We've got the job done. Do you think if they win the game this weekend, they'll do it? No, because they've they've already lost to Leicester this season and they've got to play them afterwards. And and, 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 any any manager... What if Huddersfield have won at Anfield on Friday? You know, until until you've done it, until you've actually won something or achieved something, when you've stayed up or won a title or qualified for something, you can't celebrate. You can't jinx it, can you? You've got to be professional, right? Yeah, I, he's not that way, I don't think, Pep. He is quite emotional, he is intense, but he's not one to be running down the touchline with three games not left. Not this close. As, as, especially when they've just gone out of the Champions League as well, which is a mm. big disappointment. So, you know, I, I think he, he kind of alluded to how important it was, that result kind of last night, to, to get over the disappointment with the Champions League as well and keep themselves in with a chance of winning the Premier League. So he, he's not that kind of person. He's very focused. Um and he takes each game kind of as it comes, really. Mm. So uh, it's a it's a difficult game, difficult game. Um, sometimes when you're playing the teams that are on the bottom, scrapping for things, those games can be a lot harder. And he knows Burnley are probably going to sit back, and it's going to be the onus is going to be on City to go and bait them down. And sometimes it can be difficult when when teams are really interested in in going forward too much. So um, and I, if I'm Chris Wood or you know, if I'm Ashley Barnes, I fancy any of those kind of centre back Man City. So just put the ball in the channel. They will do what Man United did, but they'll do it better. Mm. United were just punting the ball forward at times, but they'll do it more measured. They'll stick it in the channels. The front two will work hard. They'll bully defenders, and they, they can be a really difficult team to play against. Set pieces as well, so um, it, it won't be as easy as maybe what everyone thinks. I don't think. Yeah, I want to get to Manchester United in a minute, but on Burnley, of course, you were all covering them uh, against Chelsea on, on Monday, Gabs, and, and Ashley Barnes, again, for me, you mentioned him there. I thought it was a brilliant virtuoso performance. Uh, gets on the end uh, of a kind of cross uh, across the area for a, the second goal as well, and he's bullying defenders. He gets in behind, he works the channels, he holds the ball up. It almost feels to me like he'd be a brilliant solo striker on his own. The amount of teams that are desperate for one striker to lead a front three... And he's playing him in a front two. Nothing wrong with him and Chris Wood, but Ashley Barnes, for me, is one of the better of the number nines yeah. currently working in the Premier League. What that says for the other number nines, I don't know, but I really like him. Yeah, they, they can work uh, very well together, which they've shown, but I think they both have the ability probably to play up top on their own. As you see, most teams do play that way. Now Burnley are a bit of a throwback, really, playing with two strikers, um, a, a basic kind of 4-4-2. Four, four, um, but they do work really well together, and they can all do a little bit of everything. You know, they can run... Um, they're physical. They're, they're throwback strikers, really. And and a lot of modern-day defenders now, they don't have to do a lot of defending. They don't come up against big physical strikers anymore. They don't. Most strikers now, they want to go and play in midfield and drop off. They don't really want to run in behind. And, you know, a poor defender now can look very good in the Premier League for me um, because they can rely on their midfielders in front to protect them. Um, and as I said, a lot of strikers now, they, they don't want to get into physical battles or run the channels and do that kind of stuff. So... But those two are kind of throwbacks, and I think that's why they they get the joy that they do because defenders just do not enjoy kind of not used to yeah. playing against that type of striker week in week out. Forty points now, Burnley as well. Season objective done. City could be a fun one for them on Sunday, five past two UK time. That one gets underway. Uh, and here's an interesting one for you: excluding teams to have won the Premier League title themselves, Burnley have the best win ratio against reigning Premier League champions than any other side. 44% of their games against reigning champions have ended up in points. Four victories, one draw in that time. Right, let's get to United up next because uh, we want to focus on the team that may well be champion City, the reigning champion City, sure. But in many ways, United are the big story from Wednesday night. Absolutely atrocious. Let's do that next. Right, let's get to Manchester United. They're in action this weekend up against Chelsea at Old Trafford. 4.30 UK time. This one gets underway. But, Paul Parker, we've got to talk about how poor Manchester United were, not only in their game against City in midweek, but also have been in the last nine games. Seven defeats in the last nine. The two games they won, Watford and West Ham, maybe just to annoy me and Dave, I don't know, but they were massively outplayed I thought in both of those games what has happened to Ole Gunnar Pardew I mean Solskjaer <laughs> sorry Solskjaer what has happened um, yeah. well, what's happened he's been given a job and he's learnt he's suddenly learnt about management that when you go from being the um, the kingpin of the holiday camp it's all great fun but all of a sudden you're given the job of managing those people and all of a sudden you're not their best friend anymore you have to make decisions by actually turning around and telling them, I don't think you're going to fit in my plans. Tell them the truth. And in today's players, they're not really having it. They're not thinking about the next stage. Well, okay, 
I'm going to, but I'm going to make sure that people who want me next are going to see how honest I am, how much I'm a winner, and prove it and sell himself. They don't do it. They just relax now. They don't care because there's always a move. And <clears throat> mentioned earlier, Dan mentioned about fitness, and Ollie talked about fitness. I find that strange. I mm -hmm. thought nothing to do with fitness at all. These players are reasonably fit. You're only fit as as how much you want to run. If it's in your head, you want to. You will run all day. That's the simple thing. The biggest issue is these players don't really care. They're not bothered why anymore. Do, why don't they care? I think, think suddenly it's happened. I think it's become like a life thing now. I don't think players now have got that desire anymore as what Dan had. And what I, I go back further mm. than what Danny does. But my first thought was I want to play football. I want to play football. I'm going to play football. I want to. It wasn't about I'm going to become a millionaire. That didn't come into it. I want to play football. I wanted to play an FA Cup. I wanted to play for my country. This can't be true of every Man United player, though. Well, like, you know, I look at Rashford and I don't see that well, from him. There's a lot like, of We them. should start naming some names now. I keep hearing continually from a lot of pundits saying these players don't have the desire, but that can't be every single player in the squad. So who individually do you think is like, right, he is not putting the effort in and that's the reason they're struggling? Well, I think you look at some of them. Once, once the game starts going a bit bad, you have to look at Pogba. And a lot of his side could be a little bit of maybe disrespect towards the players he's playing with because you look at his body language and his arms and he's virtually saying, yeah. you're not good enough. Well, why am I passing to Fred? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's what he's looking right. at people. And that look is saying it to me. He's, he's like virtually kissing his teeth every time he looks at, looks at some of those players. You look at, well, you could look at players who switched off. You look at Matic. Even in a certain way, you have to look at Lukaku. He's not bothered because he knows he's got, an, he's got an opportunity of another big move. You, just, you can see that from him. Tell you what, you you'd look for in those kind of games. You look for your man, your Mancunians. You got a question, Rashford, and you you definitely have to look at um, Lingard as well. Mm. All of a sudden, this boy suddenly has come into it, and you look at him six, seven months ago. You would have turned around and said, "Yep, you can see why he's been in the England squad." You think of him saying, "Oh, you, he run the way he works hard, he gets about." Yeah, he needs to be. That, we need someone like him. You need his legs and energy. You look at him now, and you think. Where's the energy gone? Where has it gone? David De Gea. Where was that, you know, the best goalkeeper in the Premier League gone? Look at the goals he's letting in now. Why has he suddenly switched off? Mm -hmm. You do wonder now what is happening to these individual players. Players wouldn't have done that before many moons ago because straight away they would have thought about the people around them. I'm letting him down. I'm letting him down. More than anything, I'm letting myself down. But never mind many mo moons ago. I mean, I take your points, but... Six, seven weeks ago, they were doing it, weren't they? And is it? I, I, I'm really struggling to to see what's changed from when Solskjaer took the job. Maybe it was just the fixtures were kind to him. The first game was against Cardiff; they smashed them, and then they had a relatively kind run of fixtures. And when it started to get a bit more difficult, they've been they've been found out, and maybe that's affected morale. But it, something's changed, isn't it? Definitely. But I mean, you know, it's it's a real strange one. I think you got to look at Ollie a little bit as well, because. You know, in those early games, I looked at Man United and I thought, you know what, I can see what they're trying to do. I could see a game plan. It seemed like they were trying to press higher up the field. They looked a lot more in sync. Um, the last few games, it's almost like watching a little bit like Mourinho. He had them mm. with Mourinho. No one's pressing now. Or I mean, yeah. you saw it a bit more last night because they had to off the back yeah. of a really I mean, bad on, result. But on but Sunday, they were, it was awful, wasn't it? It was so clear to see. Yeah. You mentioned Matic, Paul, didn't you, a minute ago? Yeah. Was just Lack of effort. Not pressing, not closing down I know he's been injured or whatever, but, yeah. but come on, you know, Roy Keane alluded to it last night. Damian, for the second goal, he gets a, he's there, but then he just doesn't go with any desire. I, like If that was Paul, he would have been sliding across here probably trying to block that signing shot and if you get chopped inside then you, fair enough you know it's, it's great skill but, but then he's not played for three months well he hasn't he's not played out of sunshine yeah, from you, the start got, and you, all of a sudden he's yeah, in well you've got to question that as well but I just look at them a bit tactically and they look a bit different to what they were doing in those early games they were going for it they were pressing high um, Martial was playing well because he was getting the ball in higher positions of the pitch and I'm not really seeing that now like I looked at them last night United and I didn't see no plan when they got the ball back. I saw a bit of a plan, obviously, to press when they didn't have the ball. But then once the ball was turned over, there was no composure in, in possession. It was very much 
knock it in a channel, Rashford, you get after that, or get it into that, like, you just make something happen on your own, and hence, I thought, what was it, one, did he have a shot on target, or one, one shot I on think, target, I think, I think it was, was one, yeah. there was no plan. One against but, Everton, one against but City, they on like target. There was much more of a plan in those, you know, when he was on that good run, I could see what they are trying to do. Now, it looks like they've lost their way a little bit again, and that's down to him a little bit, I think, Ollie. I tactical. just wonder as well, when you look at just prior to him getting the job, then the likes of Smalling, Jones, and Martial, Young, all got given contracts. Yeah. And for me, that didn't make any sense. Because no. all of a sudden, you're, feed, you're feeding the tiger again far too early. You're taking away the hunger. And all of a sudden, they think they suddenly think they're done okay. And everyone's kind of saying, why? And all of a sudden, then Ollie gets the job. And you say to yourself, did he actually decide, make that decision? Because for me, that wasn't the right decision when mm. you look at it. You look at the biggest problem for Manchester United, but it has been for a while, has been defensively. Square pegs in round holes. And I'm talking about two people that are supposed to be centre-halves at the moment. Those two have been playing like square pegs. Ashley Young is a massive square peg. He's not a full-back. Not in a million years. If he's a full-back, first and foremost, the fundamental of it, please defend properly. Stand in the right position and actually see what's going on around you. And then you look on the other side of his game and you think, OK, you used to be a winger. When you're getting forward areas... Please deliver something. And at the moment in time, his delivery, if he worked for the post office, he'll be sacked for non-delivery because it's been absolutely <laughs> shocking from him. A terrible. It's, it's just amazing how long he's been playing at right back. They've got Damian, never really given an opportunity. They signed Delo, who they tell, turned around and told me when he was signed by Mourinho, he was a right back. Mm. His best games have been in right midfield. He has not been given an opportunity at right back to actually show his worth. So... Why is that? Why hasn't it happened? And then when there's the opportunity at the weekend, what happens is he's out. Sorry, Ashley, he leaves it. Luke Shaw suspended. He leaves that Ashley Young, puts him on the bench. He puts Lindelof, who's been their best centre-half, at yeah. right back. And Delo at left back. Is he panicking, Solskjaer, do you think? Well, I think this is, the communication doesn't seem right because all of a sudden I'm seeing Carrick when... When Manchester United winning games, Carrick's on the front line, mm. and then the other fella I don't know his name's on the front line. Kieran McKenna. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mickey Phelan's on on the front mm. line going there, and then Ollie's going there. I thought there was too many chefs initially, but mm. they're winning games. No one mentioned well, it. Talking about Phelan, maybe <coughs> technical, technical director. Upstairs, be yeah. the technical director. I mean, they? the the nostalgia trip of Manchester United is is phenomenal, really, isn't it? Phelan coming back, Solskjaer coming back. He keeps going back to the well of. I don't know if you know, but I scored a goal in the Newcap once. That won the Champions League. Well, I've read uh, that every. Single he, week. No, he doesn't. No, he we, does. We, he, he, he uh, said it every do. single yeah, week, and then he's gone. He's... And then he's gone to. Oh, we used to play at Cliffs, and now we're going to do some game at Cliffs. He loves every single back. time. Yeah. It's a nostalgia trip. Well, yeah, I, and that's not the Manchester but, United but, DNA. But no, he does it every single well. week. Well, we feed into that as well because he says it, the so media, we respond off what he says. Well, the media are obsessed with the, with that notion of the of the romantic ideal of Manchester United as well. And yeah, definitely, he, you could accuse him of, of having one foot in the past. He's he's the whole cliff thing. One foot, two hands. His face. He's brought Fergie back into the fold in, in some respect but and you can't tell me Fergie didn't say go out to the press this week and dig out the fact they do fouls in their half that was 90s playbook Maybe, Fergie yeah, against yeah. Wenger all over that was not something Solskjaer would have said without Alex Ferguson with his hand behind Being him saying say this yeah. no doubt about it for me everything about this feels like a big 90s it's, nostalgia trip it's, it's great looking in the past but the game's moved on from you know when Man United were dominating the Absolutely. Premier League the yes, Premier League yeah, now yeah. is more comp you look at this Premier League start of the season now there are four or five teams that could win it not one or two where we used to be there's four or five there teams there was only one formation in 1999 as exactly. well exactly the, the game has moved on a lot you, you only have to look at the comparison of you know, this young Ajax team that have got to the semi-final of UEFA Champions League and Manchester United. What was it? Two, when did they play them in the Europa League final and beat them? Yeah, 20, well, 20, 20 years ago, was it? Yeah, not long, yeah. Look at the difference between and those that two was all teams. And that was all done without money. That was development. Exactly. And Ajax battered them, to be fair, as well. Yeah. It was a part of the best job, Mourinho, and they, they got the win because they had more experience. You look at them two, three years on, the comparison between those two teams, a team run with a DNA, a philosophy, bringing young players through, then signing one or two experienced ones to fit in with exactly what they're about. And United have spent 400 million since then. And, and, and then Roy Keane saying they no still need a new back four. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, it's, and they may well it's do. Incredible. But the do thing you know about it, think Sorry, about I'm it just is, pleased yeah. that Roy said that because I've mm. had so many little arguments, not like ways you and... Um, Tom were arguing earlier, by the way, where me and Dan were just on the peripheral of it while it was going on. Well, I'm telling a good bicker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I've been saying for ages, they need, need a new back four. Everyone's telling me about Luke Shaw 
And I'm going, no, Luke Shaw is not a fullback that's going to take what you have at a top club. Mm. He, he's, he is just a left back. Do, do, any, of them, do any of those well, defenders get into any of the other top six? No, they don't. No, they no. don't. They no. don't do well, they again, don't, no. Luke Shaw's Not another one. Now. Luke no. Shaw's another one with a new deal. He plays probably 10 half decent games this season. He's in the last year of his contract. He does nothing up until that point. I think he thinks himself, you know what? The writing's on the wall here a little bit. I'm in my last year. I need to pull my finger out here. Mm. He has a good little spell first half of the season and gets himself a new Great, yeah. four-year deal. But that's deal. always going to be the thing, isn't it, with Man United? We've heard a lot from United fans in recent times that it's all about the director of football. It's all about the Glazers. It's finally taken 15 years for the Glazers to mess up United totally. Uh, a lot of people still not blaming Solskjaer. Maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, I don't know. But there are big issues there. And now they're talking about a new technical director being... Oh, Mickey Phelan. Well, seems odd. It seems odd. Listen, we've got to move on a little bit. Let's look ahead to the Chelsea game. Just, just on that, right? Yep. And this is this is about the Chelsea game. The thing about it is, with all of those problems we've just discussed, and clearly there are there are big issues at Manchester United. They still got a chance of finishing in the top four if they beat Chelsea, and then the next two games yep. are Huddersfield and Cardiff. They could somehow miraculously find themselves in the top four because because all the other teams, Arsenal, Chelsea. They're stuttering as well. Absolutely right. The table as it is right now, Chelsea sitting in four, 35 games played, 67 points, three points back, United in sixth on 64, Arsenal in between them, the filling in the don't want to be in the top four sandwich on 66. <laughs> uh, Gabs, Chelsea on Monday. Do you know what? I thought against Burnley, we mentioned it at half-time, I thought it was the best I've seen Chelsea, maybe all season. I thought Hudson and Doyle on the right, Hazard on the left, Energy through the centre, scoring a couple of goals. I thought they were fantastic. Defensively poor, obviously, uh, and conceding you know a goal where Jeff Hendrick wasn't being closed down and couldn't defend a free kick from Burnley. Apparently didn't plan to defend free kicks from Burnley, which is bizarre. But going forward, they look great. But then second half, Conte's gone off um, with, with a problem. Yeah. Hudson-Odoi's gone off with a serious problem. He'll miss a while now, unfortunately. And they look ragged again. Higuain off as well. Higuain got taken off. Why would you bring someone in who's meant to be the finisher? That last-minute chance, who do you want to fall to, Higuain? And every time he starts, 75 minutes, he gets taken off. And then Sari gets sent off. Talk to me about what happened in that game and how they recover for this one. Well, yeah, second half, they seem to to lose their way, to be fair. Obviously, the substitutions kind of affected their rhythm, I think. Um, You know, when Kovacic comes on, he's a totally different player. I don't really know actually what he does. I do actually think he's a good player, but in this league, he's just not effective. You know, he doesn't assist. You know, he doesn't play those killer balls defensively. He's not really up to it either. So, <laughs> so it's, it, it's not a great review. Yeah. So what is he then? Well, Let's get back I think to if that. you stick him in a Real Madrid team in La Liga, it, you know, he probably suits them a little bit more. But in this league, he doesn't really affect things. So I think we've lost this cheek coming into the team and Hudson Adoy just added a different dynamic to Chelsea and made them a bit more direct and I think that's why they've looked better in recent weeks. But obviously he went off. Um Higuain was absolutely fuming when he when he came off because I mean his his goal was a fantastic finish and as and you he said, fancied it all night, didn't yeah, he? Yeah he was he was he was playing well I thought. So that was a really strange move. Um so some of the substitutions for me Strange. I think Burnley tactically second half were a bit better. First half they were so passive. They allowed Chelsea to play. A lot of it was down to Burnley, and they were sat off and they were playing sorry, through. Sorry, quite... but that was very. That was almost the same kind of print as what it was when they played West Ham. They dominated West Ham mm, yeah. in the first half. I mean, Loftus Cheek was beating up Declan Rice in midfield. Hudson Odoi um, Hazard scores that great goal as well and had a few dribbles. That, but in the second half, they crumbled as yeah, well. It happened at Everton as well, didn't it? They batted Everton, couldn't get the first goal. Second half was totally different. They lost, I think it was 2-0. So. Is it any wonder, though, Gabs, they can't keep their focus for 90 minutes when the manager can't keep his focus for 90 minutes? Yeah. I mean, what was that breakdown at the end? What a sideshow he yeah, becomes. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was childish, really. You know, Burnley obviously were playing the, the game management stuff, players going down, tired with cramp and things like that. And, and Imagine Chelsea, Chelsea moaning just, about that, oh, of I all know, teams. I know, they, they just lost their head, to be fair. Um, and obviously, Sari uh, getting sent off, just rounded off a, a, a poor second half, really, a poor night. But it's they've dominated a lot of teams this season because they will the way they play with possession. But they don't create probably enough chances. I feel sorry for Higuain at times as the lone man because he's making runs, the ball doesn't come quick enough. He's having to come deep then to, to try and get the ball. So then he's not really in a position where you want him to finish things off. They're heavily reliant, obviously, on Hazard to 
with his 1v1 ability. So they dominate and get around your 18-yard box a lot, but yeah. probably don't create enough chances for the possession that they have. So they find it a struggle at times when teams kind of sit in and make it difficult for them. So um, it was a poor result for them. Obviously, it was a big chance for them to kind of you know, cement themselves in that top four. But obviously nobody was able to kind no. of take it that weekend. So what, so. What, do we, what do we reckon this weekend then? Um, Who's gonna? Who, are we get, are we gonna have Chelsea win, United win, draw? What's it gonna? Which way is it gonna go? <laughs> Anybody <laughs> want to feel that? <laughs> no, I personally no idea, no idea. I fancy Chelsea. Do you yeah. at Old Trafford? If they they've obviously got to defend better, they got to defend a lot better than they did um, on Monday night mm. against Burnley or whatever. But I don't know. I just think if Hazard's up for it. Yeah, he could cause all. Yeah, he could be the difference yeah, between teams. I've got to go with Chelsea as well. Yeah. I've, I've already done it. Done it in mm. my predictions. And at least they they have a way of playing though as well. I know they could still have a decent season, finish in the top four, win the Europa League. But at least I see a framework there of what a little bit of what they're trying to do. I look at United and I just don't changes week by yeah, week. Changes week by week. So uh, I fancy Chelsea. So United have Chelsea at home, Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home in their race for the Champions League. Chelsea, of course, start at Old Trafford this weekend. They've got Watford at home to follow that on the last day of the season, away to Leicester. So tough games for Chelsea. Uh, those two teams in the race for the Champions League with Arsenal. We'll talk Arsenal a bit later. Next, though, I want to talk about Liverpool, who may well beat Huddersfield by five or six on Friday, but every goal will be scored with tears in their eyes. That's next. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Right, let's talk about Liverpool in action against Huddersfield Town Friday night, 8 o'clock UK time. Uh, Newcastle and Wolves, the next two games for Liverpool as they look to finish the season with one defeat, but not champions. Paul Parker, how on earth has it got to a situation where a team is going to get over 90 points and potentially, I would say likely, not going to win the league? And how do they motivate themselves from this point? Because there will have been Liverpool players, I'm sure, you would have been in this situation... They're watching it on TV. They're wearing their Man United shirts. They're texting their mate Marcus Rashford. Come on, score the goal for us, pal. We need you. And now it's all gone pear-shaped. City have won. How do they motivate themselves for this game and the next two games? I think they turn up and it happens. It's got to happen. If you've yeah. got opportunity to win a league title, it's got to happen. It's, it's what you, I'm sure everyone wants to do. You want the accolades. You want the euphoria that goes with it. You want everyone to know who you are. But because, some will feel surely it's not going to happen now, right? No, surely, I, I don't. No, I don't believe. You don't that. think? No, no not at all. Not at all. They've yeah. got an opportunity yeah. to win the league title here. They they have to say, and this is what Klopp has been saying all along: we just need to win all our games, and if we do that, we win the league. Great. If we don't, and City get more points than us, and we've done all we can, and, and they will reflect on that loss to City to City in January as being the, the big the big turning point. But. I mean, it, you, you can't surely. How can you be not be motivated to win the league with three games to go and you got it in your grasp, right? Well, I correct, ask because correct. Barcelona's coming up on Wednesday. I'm expecting Tottenham to rest a few players before their game on the Tuesday. So if I'm Jurgen Klopp now, I might be thinking that's the league gone. 
Why don't we give Mo Salah a couple of days well, off Well, the bonus here? is the league hasn't gone yet, by the way, Tom. The league is still there. Well, it has got, gone. No, it hasn't. It's gone. gone. It's finished. It's no, over. Sorry, sorry, Liverpool fans. Forget about no, it. It's, it's finished. definitely Go still home. there, and they've got a big game to follow that. And then no player's going to say, oh, they're tired or anything like that, because it's about playing. When you play for big clubs, it's about playing in big games. Otherwise, there's no point. You want to play in the big games, and those are big games. And if you if you win those games and what goes what comes with it after, you can't match that feeling at all. After it's impossible to match it. Gabs, no chance of some rested players for this one. With the, no. I mean, it's Huddersfield at home as well. To be fair, they could no. rest the entire first team and still no. win. Klopp don't rest players anyway. Really, you only you might juggle the midfield he, around. He might bring a Rigi in though and put Firmino on the bench uh, or something. He's done that a few times, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, I I can't see it. That front three doesn't change too much. And as Paul said, I mean, every game's a big game now for them. And as a player, you're not tired now. You know, you're rearing to go, and you don't need motivation from Man City all the motivation should be from Liverpool they're not looking at anyone else um, it's all about what they do in these remaining games and, and as you said Dave if, if it doesn't happen it's not going to happen, is it? But I mean, there's still a chance of winning the Champions League as well. Isn't it's it weird that, that we so. were talking a few weeks ago about what would these two clubs prefer to have? And we were talking about Liverpool would prefer the Premier League and City would prefer the Champions League and they both might win the reverse and maybe feel disappointed by it. No. Fans well, at least, not the players. Won't, no. They won't be disappointed. I reckon, no. I reckon if I was a Liverpool fan, I've been thinking about the league all season. They win the Champions League and there'll be a part of me that goes, I really wanted to be English yeah, no. champions. Well, no, they, no want, they want the Champions League because they want to go even further away from Manchester United yeah. in Champions League as well. Be? Then you've got six. six yeah. It ain't a bad consolation prize. No, it isn't. No. It'll do, yeah. It'll certainly do. <laughs> Especially you, after last season. And then you've got City, <laughs> the ultimate thing of being a champion. If you go back to back, you're undisputed. And that's something that not many teams have done in recent no, years. No. No, yeah. I think it's 10 years since United, United did it. Yeah. You're right, yeah. that is the mark of a champion. That is yeah. what Manchester United used to do. That's what Mourinho's Chelsea first mm. time round did. Yeah. But the, 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 the thing that I would give maybe a bit of hope for Liverpool with the title race is there, is there a, a very s- subtle psychological difference now that City are in control? Because they've been chasing. They've always been one game behind. They've always known about this game in hand. And now Liverpool are the ones that are behind. And, it, and when Liverpool were out in front, they got reeled in. Now City are sort of just out in front. Are they going to be the ones that think, oh, we've got it now, and then they crumble? <laughs> but they've been there can, before, though. That's the other exactly, side of it, I could say. They've the, been yeah. there before. They've won, they've won Premier League titles before. So they've got that experience yeah. in the bank. That's the one that would be coming up and people will say. But it's about finding out about individual players, how they deal with it. Mm. It's the, that's what it's about now. Mm. They can't question the team. It's about the individual players, how they deal yeah. with the situation. 100%. Because you can look at that one either way. You know, you can look at a Liverpool player now and they're just seeing City relentlessly... You know, win after win after win after win. They're playing maybe before you and then going back in front and you're behind. And it's all about handling the pressure because you know, there's still pressure if you're a Liverpool player now, even though you're bound. Cause you have to Do win. You think? Your, yeah, of course, because you have to win your games. If you, if, you, if, you, if Liverpool mess up now, even draw, it probably is done. Yeah. But this so, might be, in a way, quite freeing for Liverpool because they have been playing with that kind of. I mean, you've been to. You saw them against Cardiff at the weekend. You've seen them mm. quite a lot. There has been an almost cautious style from Liverpool in, in recent weeks and months. They weren't great against Cardiff, got the job done. I really fear for Huddersfield Town on Friday night because this might be the first time Liverpool are playing with slightly less pressure. Some might feel, I know none of you agree with me here, but some might feel, well, you know what? The pressure's totally gone from trying to win the title now. We've got a game against the worst team in the league, maybe one of the worst the Premier League has ever seen. We're at home. We're building up to, to the game against Barca. Nice few days rest afterwards. This might be the week we finally see Liverpool get double figures in a game. It might be a great game for them. It might be a great moment for them. Um, I think the biggest pressure with Liverpool comes from the fans, not the players. I think the players look fairly cool to me. Um, and I think Jurgen Klopp's very aware of how desperate the fans kind of want this Premier League. And he said it a few weeks ago after they'd beaten Tottenham, I think, and about that last-minute kind of winner. And he came after the game basically saying how... <coughs> He was so happy with how the fans were. There wasn't any pressure. There wasn't any kind of anxiety in the stadium. Everybody stayed with the team right to the end kind of thing. And I think he's very aware of how desperate the fans are uh, to win a Premier League and how that can maybe affect the team when they're playing and stuff, particularly at home. So um, I, I I don't see... Liverpool obviously not mm. winning this game on the weekend. They should get it done fairly comfortably. But... You know, both teams have been grinding to be fair. City haven't been at the top of their game either, I don't think. There's another gear 
for them to come as well. But they've just got quality, so much quality they can play in fourth gear and, and, and win as well. So two teams who go to ninety points this weekend yeah. until we all would say probably a bit of their best. It's a weird league this year. Uh, let's briefly move on to Tottenham against West Ham. It's Saturday twelve thirty UK time. Tottenham Hotspur beat Brighton on Tuesday. Made hard work of it. Brighton sat in very very deep. Uh, I'm not sure that's what West Ham are going to do. Uh, they'll probably go out there to try and win the game in that weird, reckless Pellegrini way. Keep conceding two goals every single game, which is quite bizarre to watch right now. Uh, but Tottenham Hotspur, Paul, uh, they've got their game in the Champions League on Tuesday up against Ajax. Massive game for them. Again, same question about, about them as we had for Liverpool. I just wonder whether they might say Hung Min Son, take a little break here. They've got that great win against Brighton, which gives them that little cushion from Arsenal and Man United, chasing in the top four. Do you think we might see a fairly weakened Spurs side and will that open the door for West Ham? Well, Son's quite lucky because he's not playing, is he, in that first he's game? Suspended. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'd imagine he'll play. They need someone out there with that direct bit who can add that difference because, we, as we've seen, Lorente is not the one to call up, really, especially if a team's going to sit quite deep. But saying that, if he's playing West Ham, there's every chance he can score an hat-trick. Mm. <laughs> West Ham are incredibly open, aren't they? And yes. They continue to be so, and that might play into Spurs' hands. Yeah, I mean, I was there for the... I was at the Huddersfield game and I saw them. They had to really fight there to break them down. In the, and once they cut through them, that was virtually game over. But Brighton were resilient, as I've seen the team in a long, long while. West Ham cannot play in that fashion. Yes, West, the game is a big game. West Ham are desperate to go and be the first team to beat them in the stadium. It's their, mm. cup, it's their cup final to try and win. That's what, that's what they're looking at here. And it's up to Tottenham, a high-pressure game with maybe a lesser team out there as well, playing the likes of maybe Eric Dyer might have needs a game maybe as well. He hasn't played for a while. So they've got certain players who need One games. One-fourth, Gazaniga, these types of guys. Yep, fourth. Well, yeah. that gives that will give West Ham an opportunity as well if he plays. Because mm. I saw him play against Huddersfield and he was there handing out everything. He must have thought he was coming near Christmas or something. <laughs> uh, it, it would be very West Ham to win this game, wouldn't yeah. it? It really would, to be the first team to win at the new stadium. First team to score a goal at the new yeah. stadium. You'd fancy them maybe to do that. Um but, but of those teams chasing the top four, I think Tottenham are the ones you have most confidence in being definitely being in there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think Tottenham will have one eye, obviously, on the Champions League game, so you might see some changes. But this, this is a big game, particularly for West Ham. I mean, I've played, obviously, in, in these games. Yeah. I, I remember the 05-06 season, the lasagna. You were the one serving the lasagna, thing. weren't you? Yeah, I was, yeah. It was you and the cheese, <laughs> I remember. And obviously, we stopped Tottenham from qualifying for the Champions League, and all the players were well aware beforehand how important that game was. If you, Tom, you'll remember, we were comfortable in the Premier League at that point. I think we finished 10th. We had an FA Cup final to look forward to. So really, there was nothing on that last game so much. But obviously, we, it's a big game between those two teams, the yeah. fans, yeah. the bragging rights, and, and players are, are made well aware of how important it is to, you know, to, to beat to beat Tottenham so there's um, a lot of bragging rights yeah. in the heartlands of Essex up for grabs oh, this weekend there is, there is. Um, one final question on West Ham I've got to ask you about their defence we're a bit overrunning but I've got to ask you why they're conceding two goals every single game What's gone wrong there? Because I look at the defence and I don't see it being atrocious. I think the goalkeeper's good. They've got a very good defensive midfielder. So the back five plus the keeper, it's not the worst in the league. It's not two goals every game. So what's happened? Well, you only have to look at Lucas Fabianski and I think he's made more saves than any goalkeeper in the Premier League. <laughs> and he has been excellent, but he shouldn't be having to make that many saves, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I look at, obviously, you know, new players coming in, Diop, Barbuena. I don't. I don't really think anybody's kind of struck up a proper kind of partnership. The full-backs have changed all season. There's been no consistency yeah. really to that back four. I look at this kind of high line that Pellegrini likes to play with as well. I'm not fully sure about that. You saw that particularly start of the season. They were conceding a lot of goals from you know really square and playing high as a as a back four. Um, you can look at the midfield in front. Is there enough legs in the midfield in front with Declan Rice, who's an outstanding player, but. Nobs as well there who is probably not getting any younger um, they, they tend to play almost a 4-4-2 a lot of the time they're just a bit too open I think mm. um, and if you're going to play open and with a high that defensive line don't do it at Tottenham well don't do it at Tottenham because that pitch is, is huge as yeah. well so I do fear for West Ham yeah. a little bit going into this but you just never know when you mentioned uh, Dave Walker about it might be West Ham stopping Arsenal could also be Jack Wilshere stopping uh, stopping Tottenham as well because of back? course he came off the bench last week yeah, and there's did, no yeah. one left 
He's probably getting need to play, earn his money for a week. Imagine yeah, that. That was the worst the tactical yeah. decision ever. Mm. Absolutely shocking decision. Yeah. I was sitting there and I, I was just shaking my head. You know, I just could not believe he was doing that. They just got themselves back into the game and that's when they needed experience, someone just to pass the ball. They bring on Jack Wiltshire, he ended up sitting in behind Perez, didn't yeah. he? He was it, flying it, forward, wasn't he? Yeah, it was just absolutely ludicrous what they went and done. They could have ended up losing that game because of that decision to bring off Noble. Mm. Jury's out with Pelican. Greeny a bit still. I think so, yeah. I think absolutely. Yet to convince. Um, I, I definitely think he's worth a second season, but it's if he were to go, I don't think there'd be too many people shedding many tears for Manuel Pellegrini. Listen, we've got to move on. That's the early game on Saturday. Loads more to get through. We've got to talk about Leicester, Arsenal and Cardiff as well. Got to win this weekend. That's all next. Let's get to Leicester up against Arsenal. Sunday, 12 o'clock UK time. Weird anomalous stat for this one. The Gunners have never lost a Premier League game that kicked off at 12 o'clock. <laughs> Just like that one. 15 yeah. wins How in that time. 15. 15 wins and four draws. Okay. So it's 19, a decent amount. The lucky time slot for Arsenal. Uh, they do go to Leicester, who I thought were poor last week against West Ham, but in Thielmans, in Barnes, in Madison, they've always got players who can create space and create chances. Let's talk Arsenal first. Danny Gavin, let's come to you here. Um, against Watford, uh, was that last Monday, Monday before, they managed to win against 10 men, but didn't play particularly well. Then against Cardiff, against, uh, sorry, Crystal Palace, they get down in a very Crystal Palace sort of way, one of your former teams. And then against Wolves, they're absolutely battered. And he changes the defence, he changes the midfield. Now, Aubameyang, with that sinus problem, should be back for this weekend. He's tried a lot of things here, Emery, week after week, game after game. Where are we now with Arsenal? What yeah. on earth is going on? And what do we expect in this game? Well, he mentioned consistency about 20 times in his post-press conference. Maybe he doesn't know what it means. How about you pick a consistent start 11 then for starters? I don't know, but I mean, I'm surprised Arsenal in with a shout for top four anyway. Start of the season, I thought they'd be nowhere near it. So I think on the whole, Emery's done a decent job with the squad that he's got. But I mean, away form has been poor this season. Um, They just look like they've run out of steam a little bit now, probably at at the crucial time. But obviously still involved with the Europa League still. So I, I fancy Leicester to, to win this one, to be honest with you. Um, as you mentioned there, they've got some fantastic players. Leicester and on their day, I think, obviously Brendan's still trying to find the right formula with them. But I just think Arsenal have run out of steam a little bit in a minute. And I mean, we know about their defensive kind of issues. We've seen that all season. Um, Each one that comes in to replace the other is worse than the last. Yeah. So Mavropanos is terrible. Mustafi plays, or Koscielny has a terrible game. Socrates. And then Leno has an aberration of a game. I think the commentator called it a monster uh, (laughs) during the commentary in midweek. And he was awful. You just can't predict, Paul, which Arsenal player is going to be fantastic and which one's going to commit the howler that cost them the game. Well, if anyone's going to be fantastic, it's going to be one of their front two. Mm. Because the rest of them are really not up to it. Really, when you see them, they'll keep on about their games at home. I've seen them a few times at home, and they're always just fortunate. They're yeah, just about lucky. getting by. Mm. They talk about this, <clears throat> excuse me, Manchester United game. They were fortunate against Manchester United, as much as they'll talk about how good it is. But away from home, it's not really a debate. Leicester are going to win. Yeah, and they just have attacking powers. No, don't they? They've got nothing about them. Yeah. Arsenal was away away at all, nothing about them. Speaking of nothing about them, should we talk about Cardiff? Uh, they're in action up against, sorry guys, uh, they're up against Fulham on Saturday, three o'clock UK time, it's our international feature match. Uh, Fulham away, Palace home, Man United away, left for Cardiff this season. We mentioned on the preview show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Gabs, that they had to beat Burnley, didn't. They did beat Brighton, which makes it interesting once again, but I mean, they've got to go to Fulham, who all of a sudden have found some form and they've got to get a result. How do they do it? Yeah, probably the worst time to play Fulham. Relegated, Two not here in, in the world. Scott Parker auditioning for the job on a permanent basis and he has got a little bit of a tune out of him. Um, for him to keep a clean sheet was an absolute miracle. Um, it's probably the worst time <laughs> for them, Cardiff to play him. But Cardiff have been doing all right, to be fair. Yeah. They've, I've seen them obviously a bit in recent weeks and... At least it looks like there's a a plan, there's an organisation about them. They've not Um, given up, have they? No, well, they'll never give up. And your Mm. Warnock team, that's Cardiff's biggest strength, their kind of team spirit and togetherness. They will keep going right to the end. Um, But of course, I mean, these two games now, Fulham Palace will will define what happens, really. They they have to pick up six points, really. Um, They are playing better than Brighton, certainly. Well, I was at that game and Brighton were horrific. And they looked nervy. The crowd were nervy. Um, they didn't look up for the fight. They've never really been in a relegation battle, have they, up until now? 
Cardiff have kind of been yeah. in and around him most of the season and it looked that way they looked like there was more know-how from Cardiff C so if they can put the pressure on with a win against Fulham and that's that's the key that's yeah. the key phrase as well because they pl- they play before Brighton Brighton are playing in the 5.30 kickoff at home to Newcastle if they if, if Cardiff were to win that game at 3 o'clock the pressure on oh, Brighton massive. would be huge wouldn't massive. it massive they'd stay behind them on goal difference though if they go level on points Cardiff are on minus 35 to Brighton's 22 <laughs> so essentially Brighton do have that additional kind of half mm. point which would keep them safe at the moment uh, let's segue into Brighton let's talk about the game that, that David Walker just mentioned there I mean Newcastle have been playing really good in, in the last few weeks uh, unfortunately Almiron's injured and, and may well miss the Copper America as well sad story there but in Ayose Perez and Solomon Rondon they've got attackers and, and Brighton I was at the game Tuesday I was in the, the press conference with Chris Hewton and he basically said Dave that they need to take the incentive in a game Brighton how on earth do a team who've not scored in seven take the incentive against anybody? Especially against Newcastle, right? Who are not going to want to take the incentives themselves. <laughs> this isn't a game like against Tottenham where Brighton can just try and hold on for dear life. I They're going to have to go. It's a game they? to miss, really, is it? Not to watch, just to <laughs> find out the result. I mean, it's going to be tense. <laughs> oh, we're doing this one. Don't it, say that. It won't, okay, be, it won't be pretty, though, will it? You know, And it's a real problem for Brighton because, like you said, they can't, they can't play on the front foot. I mean, they can't score any goals. And what are they going to do? What? Answer that one. I can't pass, pass. Check whatever you whatever you say. I can't. I mean, I look at Newcastle. I've seen Newcastle wave three times this season. What a bad decision that was to see them away, playing away three times this season. Absolutely no desire to try and score a goal. You've got two teams here exactly like that as yeah, well. No, yeah. no, they sit in, no they interest, want to get a nil-nil. No interest at all in scoring a goal. Yet they pull off some incredible results against the grain Newcastle. And you just say to yourself, if it's going to be a winner, yeah. it's going to be Newcastle. They can nick a goal. They could, they can nick a goal. And if they do nick a goal, Brighton are not going to score a goal. It's as simple as that. I mean, I thought it was strange against Spurs. They had Andone playing up top, who maybe could have been sent off for a couple of bookable offences. Only one got a yellow card. There was so much space in behind. And maybe it's because the, the vantage point we get at, at uh, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is so high. But it was almost like two-thirds of the pitch was empty. And then they brought on Glenn Murray for the last 25, 20 minutes and suddenly they couldn't get in behind anymore. And it just felt a little bit like they got the tactics wrong and they got everything wrong. They had no ambition to nick that goal, which, you know, you put a sterling defensive performance in like that, then you want to try and nick it the last five minutes. And they didn't try to, Brighton. No, I just wonder whether the manager needs to take some responsibility here for not being bold enough in enough games, he goes... A lot of the Norwich fans that we work with here always tell me that Chris Hewton's an extremely defensive manager and that's why they hated him in the end. Well, I think that some of the Brown players have alluded to that as well, have come out and said to the manager, look, we need to be a bit more cavalier, a bit more on the front foot. But that's not the kind of manager he is. I mean, last season they weren't that way, really. So how do you switch and be more on the front foot when the pressure's on you in a relegation battle? You know, it's, it's impossible. You're probably better off being how they are at this moment in the season and just trying to ground out a, a, probably a point that will probably be enough maybe to keep them in the Premier League. They just don't, they're not able to play out that way. They were trying to, like, when, that was like the Cardiff game, they were trying to play football and they just they just looked stuck in between styles. They didn't have the players mm. to kind of do it. They were constantly turning the ball over. Um, I mean, when Shane Duffy's your second top goal scorer... He went up front five, as well last few minutes, is, didn't that, he? That says it all about their troubles this season in front of goal, really. So Every um, single player they bought in the summer as well just gone. Not one of them has worked yeah. out. Big trouble for Brighton. And by the way, it's Newcastle at home this Saturday, 5.30 UK time. Last two games, Arsenal away. And then the simple matter on the oh. final day <laughs> of Manchester City at home. They'll be hoping that Liverpool have lost by then, I'm sure. A uh, couple of quick games I wanted to get your views on, lads. Crystal Palace, Everton, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Gabs again. Crystal Palace, fantastic away from home. Can't win a home game. All of a sudden, Everton, if they'd have shown this form a few months ago, they may well have been nipping at that top six. They've been fantastic the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they've been much better of late. Um, it's been a bit of a strange season for for Everton. Obviously, the players that they brought in in the summer, um, new manager and stuff, and it's been a bit hot and cold, really, but in recent weeks they've performed really well and got some decent results, as you said. There, Tom Palace, their home form, you know, we used to be kind of fortress sellers, but now they've been better on their travels. You can probably understand why they've picked up a lot of away victories the way that they kind of do set up under Roy, Roy Hodgson, but 
Um, I look at this one probably as being a draw, to be honest with you. Uh, Paul, what about this one? A replay of the FA Cup semi-final. Watford against Wolves, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Watford have won both meetings against Wolves this season. Uh, never won three in a row against Wolves before. Wolves winless in their last five Premier League away games, but they seem to shake off the hangover of that <coughs> FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal in midweek. Tough one to call this. It is tough because Wolves, you don't know what you're getting on there, Dave. You say to yourselves, this team should be next season competing for a top six, six spot because they're as good as anybody. They've got some good individual players. Collectively, they're very good as a team. It's quite too small, though, isn't it? It is very small, very tight. But you just wonder, the additions they make, they, they're going to make during mm. the summer, they're going to make the squad larger. Yeah. But, but, but they, basically, what you're going to say is that Watford are going to win here, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're getting to. <laughs> let, let, me, let me get there, Dave. Let me get there. I'm just getting to the point now. I think myself, Wolves, who have let me down so many times this season, when they get something good, you think, right, you're going to go on. This one's a walk in the park. It's not. This, mm. this is all about who wants to be playing on a Thursday night and then on a on And, a, on a and Sunday. we do. Yeah. Bring it on. Who wants to do that? We'll have a Thursday Dave in July. Wants Dave hasn't yeah. actually spoke to people at Watford. He's just saying to himself, Dave wants to go out on a Thursday night and watch football. Absolutely. Well, they'll get it by winning the FA Cup against Man City. They won't need all this uh, <laughs> league drama. Uh, 50 points now for Watford this season. Very impressive. Same for Wolves. Up to 51 in that battle for seventh. And finally, Southampton up against Bournemouth Saturday, 3 o'clock. We praised Ralph Hasenhutl a lot in the last few weeks, and rightly so. Won three of their last four home league games. They only won uh, that many in their previous 24 at St Mary's Bournemouth uh, continually forever going to be in that kind of 12th to 14th position uh, couldn't win a game away from home previously now they've won their last two on the road including that 5-0 against Brighton another one David Walker that it's going to be tough to call very tough to call but I mean we'll see if Southampton can uh, score in seven seconds again that <laughs> uh, was pretty impressive wasn't it the other day um, I, th- I think who would have thought Shane Long would be the saviour uh, by the way I, know, I couldn't believe it you couldn't write it but I, I think Southampton will get finally get the point or points in this game that just finally puts to bed any lingering doubt of relegation they're an mm. improved team I think they'll beat Bournemouth not, not hard to call this for me Southampton win this yeah. one I think Easy peasy. Bournemouth just, I don't know what you're going to get do not know what you're going to get beat what was it Brighton 5 and then lost yeah. to Fulham Crazy. I think Southampton. Uh, one final question before we're out of time on today's preview show. The PFA Team of the Year has been announced. A whole bunch of City and Liverpool players. But there's one outlier in there. And I think we can all get on board with the argument that it's definitely deserved and he's fantastic. Uh, Paul Pogba is in the <laughs> PFA Team of the Year. Why don't players put enough effort into their votes, Paul? Uh, did you get a vote for this? Did you vote for Pogba in your team? Would I? Would, would I? you put him in? No, of course I wouldn't have done. I would have. Why is he there? Explain it to me. Explain maybe, the player's mindset. Maybe the PFA have looking at it as a, a marketing position to sell it more, to push it out there into Asia. The now. Pogba app. Yeah, maybe something like that. To put, it doesn't make any sense for him to be there at all. Who, who would it. you put in? Who would you put in? Hazard, <clears throat> probably. Is it done like or just on the players, or is it done? You you looking at it as a formation? You're the one who's voted, isn't you? Well, why are you no, asking me? I, I used to vote, yeah. Anymore, I've lost touch with it all. But I mean, do you put Hazard in that midfield? Is it that why he's not in there, Hazard? Do you know what I mean? I think they just pick the formation you know, from who gets in it, don't Pog- they? Pogba has his best numbers in the last five seasons yeah. this season. He's been involved goals, in 20, nine assists. twenty-two. You can prove anything with stats, though, can't you? No, I always well, think okay. that. Well, the yeah. numbers have been good, but then a lot yeah. of them goals have been I mean, penalties. A lot of the assists are like a pass yeah, to the right before, before Hazard someone whacks it in. 16 goals, Hazard, is, Hazard is having Ridiculous. his best stat season mm. ever at Chelsea. Goals and assists. Mm. Who am I to argue with professional football players? Um, they know what it's about. This is your about. job, mate. And he's in the team. These mm. are professional footballers, and they've been wrong every step of the way <laughs> throughout this entire program. If you, you want to pick a central midfielder, not that's not Pogba. Like, I'm struggling to think of a decent one this season. But I, I, I don't think he's a bad choice for it. Capu, Decore, but then yeah, Decore, like, Neves, Matinho. They're not getting in, no, are they? As you Milivojevic, said, as you said, you know, players vote for over it. Pogba. Yeah, he scored about twenty penalties as well. <laughs> but. Players vote for it, as you said, and to be fair, you come into the dressing room in the morning, the leaflets are there on your, on your seat. Half of the squad probably don't even fill it out. The other half probably think, get halfway yeah, through but it. Also, like, you don't let, really... Let's remember, though, when, that, that great run that they had when, when Solskjaer took over, Pogba was sensational. He was on flames. Yeah. He was brilliant <clears throat> in that time. On flames? Do we speak mm. in emojis now, do we? <laughs> Is that what we do? <laughs> he was very good. Yeah. He was on flames. The but familiar phrase. A lot of players don't take it seriously, to be fair. They sort that's your mates interesting. out. Sort that's your, interesting, because we your, take your, it so seriously, don't we? Out. And then there's the bitterness as well that comes yeah. into it. If you don't like somebody exactly. or you think somebody's mm. a so-and-so... Can you, you vote for yourself? I.e. No. No. No, Raheem Sterling, who 
blatantly didn't vote for Van Dyke voted for him and he didn't vote for Is Van there Dyke. any politics? <laughs> Could you like you know, can you vote for your teammates? No. No. You can't, can't vote, vote for your teammates for, no, either. No, okay. You can't vote for your They're seniors. all friends anyway. You see it last night before the door shaking. Any sort of campaigning from players at the end of the game? Go on, mate. Chuck us a vote, will you? See my goal oh, today? Yeah. Vote for me. Yeah. Give him the slip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll fill it out for you, shall I? <laughs> Going around grand by Even grounds. like Edison in goal, I'm a bit like not made any saves Ben Foster Fabianski he plays with his feet for 90 minutes he yeah, he's barely he's... let a goal in though isn't he yeah but he hasn't made any <laughs> saves it, what, what save has he really made this year I think a five yeah. David De Gea's yeah. made Neville came out after mid game yesterday and said the same thing he's my keeper of the year because he came out and smothered one when the ball got played in behind and I just thought some of the he saves doesn't ben... have to do anything some of the saves Ben Foster has made this season you mentioned Fabianski he's been made 180 saves this year he's been outstanding you've got to be judged on the saves you he's made forfeit, you? in that game against Arsenal yeah, that was to be gone fair, yeah. it's all gone and yeah, young, that was young, votes rescinded immediately young Wan-Bissaka I mean he doesn't even make the nominees for the young yeah, player that's surprising yeah. and, well because yeah, Raheem Sterling's in it for Trent's some reason Trent's had a decent season but I think he's been a bit inconsistent he's got nine assists I think but he's been quite inconsistent Alexander-Arnold Yeah, his form's been a bit patchy Wan-Bissaka's the one for me the best Best, going to be the best fullback, yeah. mm. English fullback. Not according to other players, though. It couldn't be bothered to vote properly. Anyway, that's <laughs> us out of time for another preview show. Thanks to Paul Gabs and to David Walker. We are back next week with, is it our last show next week? No, we've got two, no, right? two more. Two more to go. Okay, I thought we were done because City are champions, but apparently there are more shows to do. So we'll see you next week. All right. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. 't feels broken but how do we fix it Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers but we have found some people who do join me journalist Becca Hudson and me the former MP Ed Vasey for how I'd fix from the price of a pint to the housing crisis this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation and hear practical solutions from those in the know catch new episodes of Howard fix wherever you get your podcasts rebuilding Britain starts here